I am Maroon, and I front a band called Dirt Hand, and I'd like to invite you to join me and my psychedelic sidekick, Dr. Gonzo, on a musical exploration that we prepared here on, and this one's introduced by, on community radio station 3CR. Dr. Gonzo, and this one's introduced by is a 60 minute program where we listen to tracks from an album introduced by the artist who made the album. Thanks for listening, and this one's introduced by. I'd wandered into Shot Kickers, the venue in High Street in Melbourne's inner suburb of Thornbury, to see the excellent skyscraper stand and the Commission Flats. The band on stage was Dirt Hand, the first band playing before the main act. And after I grabbed a beer and watched them play, I realised that here was something special and Skyscraper Stan had chosen a great band to play with them. The giant of a singer, Aaron, with baritone vocals, sported a bushy beard and moved his body on stage like a dancer, channeling the music and the band seemed to be improvising much of the time. Dirt Hand is a collaborative music platform curated by Aaron Roberts. Initially, Aaron just wanted to get away from the metronome. He took that desire and turned it into an arrangement and performance aesthetic that would become the Dirt Hand EP. Then he encountered the canons of Steve Reich, so he drew up several sets of his own such canons and locked them in a studio with four of his songs and a nine-piece jazz band. The result was packaged as a record bearing the name The Thorn Variations, but in truth that name more accurately describes a process than it does a work. As a process, the Thorn Variations has been successfully performed by various ensemble types and has been described as an inspired and fully textured tentative type rope for Robert's deep growling storytelling and one of those golden bullets of ratification for the extraordinary. Keep an eye out for Dirt Hand and check them out if you can. Aaron Roberts from Dirt Hand is here with Dr Gonzo to introduce his music on And This One's Introduced By on Community Radio 3CR. Good evening. My name is Aaron and I front uh, a band called Dirt Hand. I'm also the band leader and I mean curator and, and writer. The band has gone through uh, many iterations, but uh, currently we have uh, Hannes Luckman on drums, Eamon Roy on guitar, and Sam Boone on sax. And recently we've been joined by Loz Erwin Ray on um, bass and backing vocals. It's kind of a flexible unit, but that's kind of the, the core for now. When I was um, asked by Dr. Gonzo to kind of come on and, and, and do this, I was, I was a little excited. Um, we don't really have a record out currently that I could go through song by song and talk through in, in that kind of way. But what I do have is kind of 
like a, a an, an ideas map, I guess, of going of of how I went through. I've tried to make each recording that we've done sort of distinct, both in the way that it sounds and in the way the the kind of games that I've been allowed and able to to play in in producing them. And I just thought it'd be fun to kind of go through them. So the first song that I've picked is off the very first EP that I released under the name of Dirt Hand. And I picked it for reasons that are going to come become clear later, but um, especially because it it kind of explains, well, it kind of lets me explain why I started Dirt Hand and where the idea comes from. And I figured, because I figured if I'm going to speak about stuff for an hour, then I should be as indulgent as I as I can be, and <laughs> just just go hard. I was playing, probably like 2012, 13. I was playing in a bunch of bands that, and and a lot of bands were were using Ableton and playing with samples live, and. It led to what I felt was a certain amount of freedom for the creative thinker, but a lot more constraints for the performer, which is great if you're attempting to realize that person's vision. And it's been taken on and it's like, you know, it's a mainstay of, of a lot of performance now, but I didn't really, I wasn't really having a bar of it for, 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 for for the performance experience, it felt it felt very stiff. I was I having having a click constantly in the drummer's ear, and having to keep to that um, very strict sort of time frame was was feeling quite tight. So I wanted a group that was just for me, and I wanted a collection of songs that would only played by humans because there is. A very different sense of time that comes from humans just sitting in rooms and even just playing even if you just get someone to play the same thing over and over and over again for like four minutes by the time they've gotten to the end of four minutes they've gone through this whole process like from the way that it sounds at the beginning to the way that they approach it at the end and a machine obviously can't do that it does other amazing things but it can't do that and I wanted that so I wrote a few songs with this sort of idea in mind just for my own entertainment and then I was actually encouraging other friends to get their band started and they turned on me and said well if I'm playing a show you have to support me (laughs) so I did and uh, other friends who were at that show um, liked it and told me, Zach uh, Moynihan actually is his name, he's an amazing uh, artist at the moment, incredible oil painter. He said, oh, drums sound really good in my lounge room, why don't you just come and record? And um, Sam Cromack from Ballpark Music agreed to come on and produce it, so we just one day we just got all together, I bought them a case of Forex Gold, because we were in Queensland, that's where I, I grew up, and um, we just threw things together, and this song particularly came together towards the end of the day. We only did one take. It was wild, kind of. We just had the these people in the room and we we did it all live with no 
overdubs except for the vocals and there's kind of a certain tension when you do it like that because as you start to approach that last chorus you know that anything that goes wrong means that you have to stop and play those three minutes of music again and anything that felt good before that is lost um and thankfully the song is also the kind of song that anything that goes wrong is kind of going to work in its favor so this song is called how'd you break the lion um i won't talk about the emotional content just yet because we're going to hear another iteration of it later Now I only want 
Wonderful. All right. So the next song uh, starts starts this kind of thematic idea. It's a song called "The Thorn in Her Finger," and well, the song the song's an interesting song and a, and a like quite a special song to me. I guess as all songs are, but this one in particular um, deals with the issue of a friend's abortion, um, and it was just the outsider impression because obviously I have no experience of that personally and can never um but it was just so striking to see no one like you know we didn't know that she was going through a a pregnancy at all um but she kind of in retrospect we I, i recognize that she kind of disappeared into a bit of a dark hole and then came back out and then we all found out what had happened and not only what happened but how how difficult the process was, um, how little help she had from the men involved, um, which is uh, sadly a common story. And I was thinking about the the very distinct impression of the before and after, and how much it felt like a pressure gauge had been released, and the human, like the human, I guess, like impression. Of, of that experience from the outside and I'm very much pro-choice if I mean for obvious for a lot of reasons the most I guess obvious one being that you can really only ban safe abortions and the phrase like plucking the thorn I think I was thinking of a thorn in, this, in someone's side as the pressure release and then the idea of um then I went googling. What I what I often do is I'll 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 come up with like a an image, or a phrase will come into my mind, and I just sort of trust my my subconscious as much as possible. But I also then go searching, and this came into my mind, and I just googled, like what are some stories about with thorns in them, and there were a bunch of various legends and and stories and ideas and and, and things. And one of the ones that sort of stuck out was the story of, uh, what's the Roman story, with the, the dude and the, and the lion, and how he befriends the lion. He's like an outcast, and he befriends this lion and um, notices that it has a thorn in its paw, pulls the, pulls the thorn, and then is later recaptured and put into the gladiator pit to, to be put to death by I guess getting mauled by a lion and the lion recognizes him becomes his friend and then he just cruises around the town like they the the, the emperor sets him free and he just gets to cruise around town with this pet lion <laughs> which is a an amusingly preposterous story as well but I found that story and kind of used it because it it worked with a lot of the impressions that I experienced like not only um, and obviously changed the gender of the of the lion, but um, then the experience of like having this lion approach, like all kinds of characters were then put into his his character, including um, the the kind of male involved who was kind of no help and um, and also just put the doctor in there. I didn't know who the doctor was, but just kind of made put all those things in I, I quite like 
um, things that are not too clear and you can you can put your a lot of your own spin into them um, so I just kind of put those images in and from there it obviously then lifted away from being a very literal story to something that I could just use as an image or make it you know can rather just turn into a song I guess and so I did and I wrote the song out and stopped it when the when the the thorn comes out and I musically I wanted that and it, we got that impression. I wanted that to be a change from this kind of build-up of tension as the lion and the lioness approaches, or the, the two characters kind of come to their uh, you know inevitable conclusion, which is to become trapped in this cage, this cave together. Um, and then once he plucks the thorn out, at the plucking of the thorn, the whole song just becomes this wash of calm, and um, I wanted that to affect, but. Uh, so that's that's the lyrical content, but musically, I just I wanted I with the first record I wanted to see how far with the first EP I wanted to see how far you can take the hand claps because um, I was using them a lot in my home recordings and hand claps had that way of becoming quite gimmicky and I wanted to see well how far can you push a gimmick. Like, can you push a gimmick so hard that it becomes an essential feature of the musical landscape? And so four of the songs on that first EP have hand claps as their primary sort of rhythmic element. And the the version we're listening to today is from the live recording, live in Castleman, Um, just just for, for variety. Which, like, I was going through compiling this and I thought, well... I've got lots of songs from this EP and that EP, but let, let, let's put this one from the from the live record. But you'll hear there's this rhythm, which is um, the rhythm means nothing, but it became the the, the central part of that song, and it comes up quite extensively in the next song and. We'll get to that once we get to that. So here is um, the thorn in her finger. Thank you for coming to George's Spain's album launch. We're very glad to be here. I've been stalking Georgia for a very long time, except that we became friends pretty early, so it stopped being stalking very, very early.
the river For the shelter of the old willow tree He breathes harsh, he breathes shallow As he runs through the rain As the rain runs and pushes his slave to the weather And the night shuts the door from her eye To where the posh delivers And the blood runs the river Her house ends up
Thank you. As, as I promised, we're now going to talk about that rhythm. Because this next song um, is kind of... So after the EP, had a bit of a... like moved. I actually recorded the EP in Queensland and then moved down to Melbourne in the winter of 2015, which is <laughs> obviously a really good time to move to Melbourne, middle of winter. Um, but did it and kind of spent some time like kind of... Uh, just waiting about trying to f- get my feet in Melbourne and, and musically and with the band, that sort of thing. And had had all these ideas floating about and they all just kind of came into a head. And one of them was, there's a band called Iatrio and I saw them perform and um, we actually played, we, we started playing shows together, but I saw them perform and just loved it, loved everything about it. Um, they just listened to each other so so intently you can see you can almost see the attention that they're paying to everything um they're very they were they're not really a band anymore but um i stole all their plays because <laughs> i just loved it and i was like i want to make a record i want to do something with this band and I had all these sort of visions and ways of doing it i kind of think of ideas as being um well like you know i just think of it as being like a funnel and you just throw all of your ideas in the top and you're going to get like ideas like things are going to come out that are realized and that are whole. Um, but not everything makes it through the funnel and not everything makes it through the funnel at the same time or speed or whatever. I don't know if funnels are actually really good because everything comes out of a funnel. Anyway, so I wanted to work with them. So I did, I kind of approached them and then I'd been thinking to, uh, actually, no, one one thing that happened after the gimmick push, like pushing hand claps um, as hard as I could, was that everyone who came to a show or heard the record, who um, who kind of was paying attention to Western art music, um, contemporary Western art music, was would ask me if I'd heard Steve Rush's clapping, and I had not, and so I did, and. At first, Steve Rush is, um, for me at least, like I didn't find him that interesting at first, because it sound he's in because he's one of those like composers and, and humans, musical humans whose influence is kind of deep, deeply embedded enough in the culture that when you hear the source, it kind of sounds like everything else that's already out because they were part of the start of it of this kind of stream of, of, of thinking and of sound. Cause Steve Reich was, did a lot of the early experiments. Well, was one of the early experimenters with, with tape and with looping and all that sort of thing. And there were lots of other people doing it too, but he was one of them in San Francisco. Um, I think other places as well, but, um, but I listened to, I did listen to clapping and I looked into it and saw kind of what he was doing. But, and it was, it was, it was fun. And I thought, well, that'd be kind of cute to do. Cause what he does is he takes a rhythm and then, um, he takes in that piece, he takes two rhythms, well, he takes one rhythm and two people play it. And then after a while, the first person keeps playing that same rhythm and the second person plays that same rhythm, but pushes all the notes, all the beats, all the notes forward one position 
And so you, you now have the same rhythm that's kind of out of step with itself. And you do it again and again, and so they get increasingly out of step until at the end of the process they come back together. And you get all these really fun cross, crossovers and cross rhythms. Um, and that that's kind of an interesting... It's a really interesting outcome from quite a simple concept. And then a more interesting version of that is a piece called drumming. And certainly in the first part, um, what he manages to achieve is, is he does that same thing with these tuned drums. And he has the two voices that do the, the overlapping thing. Then he gets two other drummers to come in and kind of highlight um, the cross rhythms. Rather than just have it be there, he gets these. He, you know, he's he's written everything. It's very, very written. Um, but he has players come in and he gives them these these beats to play that are already in what is being played, but accentuate certain elements of it um, to kind of illuminate the cross rhythms and the crossovers to you. And I like that kind of idea quite a lot but I was working a lot with all these jazz players and I thought, well, what if you just did that? And then you let the players do it, like decide for themselves, like rather than dictating what you want them to show us, why don't you give them this series of crossovers and these series of, of polyrhythms that are all created from a single rhythm? Why don't you present this to some players and just see what they react to and see what they do? And that's what this next song is. <clears throat> um, for this whole recording, um, we went to Sing Sing with 10 amazing humans. Um, we had Hannes Luckman, Danny Ogilvie, um, Tashara Rose, uh, Jesse O'Warren, uh, Andrew McEwen. Um, I'm going to forget people who I can see in my brain and whose names I'll then like just not, who just won't come to my lips. Um, and obviously, uh, Eamon Roy was there, uh, and Will and Annika Ostendorf. And I think that's everyone. And we had, um, yeah, and we just, we just spent a day exploring this idea through four songs well, exploring it through three songs, and we just recorded this fourth song because I'll explain why we later why we did that. Um, and this, I guess, is the 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 kind of main first idea that I wanted to express and explore. Um, and we did it once. A lot of the time was spent teaching the clappers, like kind of us working out how to get through the the cycle. And then we did it once because I only wanted it to happen once. I just wanted the players to hear it and for it to be a fresh kind of reaction to what was happening. So this is, it's the rhythm of, the rhythm from the thorn in her finger. So I just call it the thorn. Here it is. Thank you. 
Hi, I'm Arun of Dirt Hand, and you're listening to And This One's Introduced By, a fun concept where artists get the opportunity to introduce their own songs, uh, either from albums or from just what I did, which is random collections that I pulled from the ether and strung into a little story, right here on 3CR. So that was eight minutes of instrumental music <laughs> that we all got to be a part of. Um, so, I mean, obviously some more intimately than others myself being that person, and the other uh, nine players. So we had that idea, and then the other idea that I explored um, on this day where we did the recording uh, was to see what else could be done with this this idea of the crossover rhythms. And I really wanted to explore what would happen if you if you wrote out all the the variations which are not really variations. It's just you take the one rhythm and then you push it aside and you and then you push it aside and you push it aside and you push it aside. So the start just changes on this one rhythm. But I wanted to then see, well, what if you gave it to each individual as a rhythmic kind of guide? Say, here you go, this is your rhythm. You can do whatever you want with this rhythm. You can play whatever notes you want to, as long as it's working with everyone else. But this is your rhythm. And to see what happens with the crossover of all those rhythms. Uh, unfortunately, the thorn, very, <laughs> the thorn rhythm is in uh, four. And the songs that I wanted to explore were in six. And so I had to truncate the the rhythm of a bit and i found two ways to truncate them but that's not really important um did it and so it's in six and so what you'll be hearing in the uh this is uh we call i called it um lion because it's how do you break the line it's the same song but it is done through this lens of giving each individual a rhythm and letting them kind of explore what they can do with it. And some some of the players on the day were like not jazz players. So they just really stuck. Like for instance, you'll hear a bass that just like grinds the whole way through. And that was Annika. And Annika was a lifesaver. I um I was working with a synth player and they were sick. They couldn't make the date. And they only really told me kind of like the day before or a couple of days before, I can't remember what it was, and I was frantic. And I, I reached out to a lot of people and Jesse Jessie O'Warren, who's on the on the recording as well, she said, well, what if I asked Annika? And I was like, oh, every, like, just ask everybody. Like, I just need someone who can, I need someone who can sing. Well, I just need someone who can play, who I can trust to, to play. And I'd seen Annika play before. She's incredible. Um, <clears throat> and so I was like, yes. Do that and anyone else that you trust, because I trust Jesse. And Annika had a friend Tushara in town, and she's like, Oh, well, can Tushara come too? And I was like, Sure. Like, just, yeah, everybody. And yeah, Annika's that. If you listen to this song, there's this central element, which is the bass, that Annika grasped a hold of because she didn't understand a lot of the other rhythms, but she understood that. And she didn't vary, she doesn't vary from the note at all, but it is absolutely the heart of the backing for this track. Um, 
and she then comes in later in another song that I'll write about her performance of. Um, so there's there's various op- various uh, ways that people approach this this kind of restriction that I'd given them. Um, and I did promise that I would talk about this song as well, rather than just all the concept art ideas. This song uh, is another song that I created out of um, created an image out of something that actually happened in my life. Well, something that happened in in my life. And that was uh, the passing of an uncle who was very, very dear to me. Uh, well, he's very, very dear to me. And he he died of, of cancer. Um, and it's called how, like the song is called How'd You Break the Lion? Because his sort of energy and presence is, is, was huge. He was this kind of ferocious, stubborn, um, kind of voracious human. They ne- and they, they, they were, they're an amazing family and like they never had any money, but they were always like rummaging through op shops and they had this almost like endless tenacity and, and energy for like squeezing um, every kind of second to see if they could like do something and their meals were always this extravagant affair and their house was full of curios and they travel all the time on like shoestring budgets with three kids <clears throat> and then to see that intensely energetic argumentative pig-headed sometimes uh man sort of fall like that made a very big impression on me so how'd you break the line is is based around that and then everything else oh no the beginning the beginning image of of when i heard you broke the lion um i was actually bless his cotton socks, my dad just called me out of the blue. We knew he was, you know, we knew his passing was coming because the, the cancer was bad. And um, I was on the bus home from work <laughs> and my dad calls me. He doesn't ask where I am. He doesn't ask what I'm doing. He doesn't ask how public my uh, <laughs> my tear ducts are. <laughs> he just goes, oh, yeah, you, your uncle's passed. And I was like in, I was on this bus and I was like, oh, and the beginning image is, is kind of like I went, it wasn't until my key was in the door that, um, the emotions kind of came on, but the rest of the song is all just kind of like me trying to explore my subconscious ideas. So this is, so that, that, that's, that, that's the meaning of the song. And the before bit was the, the fancy high art bits the, the indulgent stuff that I, I did uh, this is but we truncated it the whole record um, the whole EP there's four songs and they all have one word names this is Lion Walk slowly home over the 
This one has uh, no high art concepts to it, I promise, <laughs> um, or aspirations. It has no aspirations towards high art concepts. Uh, this this is a song uh, called Heather, and it's from the same session that we did the Thorn Variations in, and it was one of the 
One of the songs that I wanted to have done with uh, the, with Iatria, the band that I mentioned, with um, Will Hoffman, Eamon Roy, and uh, Hannes Luckman. And we did, a, we did a show together, and we did it, it was at Some Velvet Morning, and I think I was supporting them, and I asked, I asked for them to, they, did, they did, used to do this thing where they'd be playing, and they would just drone, the three of them. They would be playing, and the three of them, without microphones, they would just be at their wherever they are, and they would all just sing this long drone. And it was beautiful. And I wanted it. <laughs> Among other aspects of their of their of their playing, their musical lexicon. And I approached them for the show and I said, I've got this song Heather and it has this as its center point it has this refrain, this um I think it's in an alto, a female alto voice. And and then I asked them, like, at the at the end, can you come in with this drone? And it was gorgeous. Like, just one piano. I think Jesse was probably singing the refrain. And then uh, and then they came in at the end. And I, I flabbergasted. And I wanted it. So when we were doing, when we were planning to do this recording session, this was an obvious addition that we, you know, this was, we were almost going to do a whole session just for this. Uh so that I could, you know, have 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 my drones in there, and the song the song Heather is, uh, I mean, <laughs> again like spinning spinning tales out of experience, and I'd I was I was in a situation in my life. I'm I'm an introvert, and so I, I require a certain percentage of alone time to feel like myself and to feel confident presenting that self to the rest of the world and I was not getting that at all at all it was very and I was very stressed I was I was quite stressed out by it but it was during a period of my time when I wasn't as emotionally um connected to myself I guess like I didn't really know what was going on I was just like what the hell's going I was stressed and uh as 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 it came out I was I was like oh I just I feel like I just want to be alone like why is that and so this idea of solitude came up and <laughs> I, it, it all boiled down and I, I, I realized what I wanted to write the song about, which was not being alone enough. And I thought, well, solitude, let's look up solitude. And I, I remembered, uh, there's that book, hundred years of solitude. And I decided to just not read the book on purpose. And I found the sparks notes and picked the main images that I thought I could use to, to write a song. And then at the end of each uh, verse, like the first one is um, Q Sunrise and a New Day, a pang of long for something old, because it's the beginning of the book. The start of that book apparently starts with the dawn. I have since tried to read it, and I, I don't like it. It's quite monotonous. Um, like beautiful writing and everything like that. But after you've already read Haruki Murakami, who kind of was hugely influenced by that. And uh, I think I just read Ben Okri as well. And magical realism is a really interesting genre, but Gabriel Garcia Marquez's version goes on quite a lot and quite a lot more than I have patience for. Every, gorgeous writer, but never, I'll never touch that book again. <laughs> but so the... I just picked the images and just would say them. And then there was this refrain that I was saying, which is like, where have you gone? 
and then <clears throat> that's there's there's there was a verse for the first half of the book and a verse for the second half of the book because the Sparks Note divide the book in two. It was literally I was like, I'm not going to read this book. I'm going to write it from Sparks Notes as kind of like a fun thing to do for myself. And then I called the song Heather because um, I was big into flowers and I had printed out a, a list of what all the flowers stand for. I think from the America, from like some US uh, floral group. And Heather is the, the meaning of Heather, like when you give Heather to someone, apparently it means solitude. And so the whole song, I never say solitude and I never say alone um, because it's not there. Solitude is not in the song and it's all just clues to solitude, which is what I'm searching for and which is what is missing. And then the end of the song explodes because I guess that's like a symbol for how stressed I was by this, uh, by this happening. So here's, here's Heather. Um, enjoy and listen out for that, that drone at the end. It's killer. Um, also listen out for the incredible performances, again, raving about Annika. Jesse L. Warren is that first voice. Um, and then Annika is the second voice. And she also had no idea what was going on. She'd never heard this song. Jessie had done it, performed it with me like heaps and heaps of times. And she just jumped in. And her voice and Jessie's voice, they just work. It's gorgeous. Nearly died. Here it is. Heather. to the rest of us with your little golden fish and where have you gone? Mm-hmm. 
The, the, the solitude explosion this song is called Creature uh, and it is the recording that I've chosen is from the live recording 
um, because as I was thinking of how to put this show together, I realized, well, there's all these fun recordings of us with as many players as, as I can get, but then like, how then do you turn that into a live experience that is relevant or like feels, you know, sounds good, that doesn't feel lacking? I tried lots of things and um, the the a lot of it ended up being about who sort of trusted me with their time um, and who sort of believed in me as much as uh, as much as who I who I wanted to have on board, which is probably often the case, um, I assume. And these players are incredible, but the I kept having I kept I kept trying different different iterations and different sort of groupings and different styles because I wanted things to sound fresh, and I found that I was consistently working with Hannes Luckman and Eamon Roy. Uh, they were usually free. They were really keen. They always brought. Uh, exciting things to the to the performances to their performances and found also that the more I was worried that if we played together too much the material would become too familiar and we'd all get bored and the opposite was happening Uh, so I found that those two uh, stuck around uh, or or like stayed in the mix I guess is, is a better word and Sam Boone was always around um i was when i first arrived i was looking for a sax player and a friend of mine said oh we should get my friend sam to play he's great and i was like okay cool and i and she took me to this party i think it was his birthday party it was his birthday party and he was wasted and we changed numbers like met and he's like i'm a sax player yeah cool i play sax yeah cool oh yeah get my number and i got his number I was like, yeah, cool, I got his number. And the party went on, and uh, it was a great party. had an amazing time. And towards the end of the night, we were all just sitting in this lounge room, and someone was playing piano. And a cry got up, like, oh, for Sam to get his sax, to play sax. And Sam's like, I can't... Sam couldn't stand up, like, he was wasted. Because if he was drunk before, like, he was legless now. And someone actually went to his room got his alto saxophone, strapped it all up and wrapped his hands around it. And I watched this man transform from like a drunken mess to the most amazing, like sonic experience of my life. Second, maybe to watching, like to sitting next to Leah Senior when she's singing. And I was just like, there's no way that I could ask this person to play with me. This person is mind-blowingly good. Um, I got over that fear, but um, it was quite fun meeting him. And he's he's sort of been an amazing uh, support and and part of part of my music. So I ended up with these people, and we well, didn't end up, but I had have these people as as the band now. the The drummer on this recording is um, is Danny Ogilvy. Uh, Beautiful drummer, different drummer to Hannes. I used to have them playing together, and they did play together on the the Thorn Variations. And uh, yeah, the, the 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 recording is is Danny and Eamon and 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 Sam. And with the with the thought of like, how do you take things and put them on stage? We just thought, well, we'll just we'll just go for minimalism. Like, we'll just give ourselves as much space. We'll just if there's space there, we'll just have it. 
We won't try and fill it with, if there's a sound missing, we won't try and put a sound in there. We'll just have the space as part of it. And if something's missing, then you get a missing part kind of thing. And I, I really like I, I really like where it went and I really like where the, the players sort of, the freedom that that gave them to, to sort of move and, and dance about each other, especially like if you listen to Eamon playing on this take, it's just ridiculous. Like <laughs> he's a frighteningly good guitarist and I've watched him transform into not only just a talented guitarist, but a guitarist who's incredibly emotionally in tune musically um gorgeous gorgeous uh player to, to be around and, and to grow with um and this song is is called creature uh it's like all of my songs it's got a giant mix of like weird imagery and and different things but um here it is This is a song of our new EP, it's called Creature. This is Eamon Roy on the guitar, everyone. Couldn't leave yet. I knew I could not leave. 
None of what you're saying is making sense. You need to get back inside there. Twelve years would be a hell of a thing to wait. And of course, I heard and I ignored them. To waste this woman's warmth would have been worse. Hey, silent planet, don't be so skeptical and wish me luck. All in all. introduced by a fun concept where artists get the opportunity to introduce their own songs uh, either from albums or from just what I did which is random collections that I've pulled from the ether and strung into a little story right here on 3CR the song is called what did the giant do while she was away and I guess it's like a measure or like a, a an expression of, of subconscious ideas this song, I was, my partner and I went, my partner at the time, we went away for a weekend and it was just going to be a work weekend um, down by the beach because uh, it's, you know, it's Victoria so it was, and it was winter so it was cold so we lit the fire and we each had things that we were just going to work on and I just figured I'd write a song and I had this, this kind of musical refrain idea melody thing and I wrote this song and a lot of it is imagery that I let make sense later. Um, the idea, the, the feeling of the song and the kind of things that I was evoking was quite like an anxious period of my life. Like I can, I can fall into fits of anxiousness and I'm a terrible overthinker, um, realizing more and more as I as I discover myself more and more, that that's been the case the whole time. And so this is kind of an expression of, of that feeling and the the impression, I guess, in the song is that, like, uh, when she is away, I guess, I guess, I guess it, it, it is definitely about a relationship that I did have and um, in the relationship while she is away, the nervous human, a.k.a. myself, is kind of at a loose end, is is kind of worried, uh, doesn't quite know what's going on because the, the, the relationship is not necessarily the best relationship. And when she arrives home, like the, I guess the, the, the center of, or like 
something is there that removes the anxiety, but it's kind of like cigarettes, like cigarettes, smokers, smokers smoke cigarettes to, to relieve an anxiety that cigarettes have created. Um, so that's, that's the kind of, I guess, push and pull that, that is the, the emotional push and pull in, in the relationship of like being alone and being worried and feeling this relief when the other person is there, but the, the relief is also the cause of the anxiety. Um, and I mean, it's, it's quite, quite a, a, a weird, complicated thing to explain. And so I just did it in song format <laughs> and, uh, and I said before, like, I quite like things that are a bit obscure. And so there's not, I don't like, I still don't, I don't know what the chorus is. I still don't believe what you said. I don't know what that means. Um, it doesn't matter to me. It feels like subconsciously it feels like the right thing that fits there. A lot of the imagery comes from Queensland, things like um, cicadas in the heat, the fan um, on your skin. Those sort of like the, those sort of images are are from a hot, a hot dread place, and. It's going to. It's gone through lots and lots of different versions. There's a version actually that you can see on YouTube of us performing this live during lockdown, and it's going to appear on the new record uh, that is coming out when it comes out. We're just. I'm just push, putting money together to get it mastered. But yeah, here is that song performed in Castlemaine uh, from that live recording, and just yeah, <laughs> look out for Sam Boone. He'll get ya. Um, this song is called What Did the Giant Do While She Was Away? Oh, 
She is fond of in the kitchen upstairs The cry of the door against its hinge Stitches you up And I still don't believe what you said Sam Boone on sex everyone She is fond of on the dresser by the door The cry of the fan against your skin Stitches you up And I still don't believe what you said Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Now you know what the giant did do while she was away. A fair idea. There's a bit of poetic license taken here or there. All right, last one. And this is the last song, quite literally, because it's the last song in our live set all the time. It's a song called How because you can't be in a band without having a song called Hell anymore. It's just not a thing you're allowed to do. So the, song, the Songwriters Guild approached me and they said, you have to have a song called Hell in your set, otherwise we're not, you, know, you can't join. Um, no, this is actually the first song that I... This is the first kind of experiment that I did in um, all of the Dead Hand experiments. Um, and it started off as the clapping backbeat, the dunk. And a piano refrain, which is which takes the place of the guitar, and I just wanted to see how much I was listening to a lot of uh, folk music, um, particularly lots of like. There's this amazing soundtrack uh, to a film called Tal, a Bollywood film. The music is bonkers. It's on Spotify and Apple Music, and every like you know, go listen to that. It's T A A L. It's just gorgeous and it has this amazing minimalism to it same with um 
a record by The Acid. I don't know if it might be the only record, but I was really into minimalism and I wanted to see how little you could have to still move people and how little you could, like how much you could take away before you wanted to stop dancing, basically. And this, the beat is, is the beat is, the beat is the, the end point. And the song is just kind of like a collection of musings on uh, my own self-evaluation, which is, you know, not the most, not the kindest person on myself, but it's, it's, it's really just a, a random collection of, uh, of ideas, of images that relate to how I th- was thinking of myself at the time. And I consciously just put them into this character and turn it into this sort of rambling story. There's even, you'd like, no one, it, like, I don't know, I can give you a hug in the street or a prize if you get it, but there's there's also a kind of a Game of Thrones, not a reference exactly, but like a mood piece somewhere in there. So if you can get the Game of Thrones mood piece, like, because at the time of my life, like, I think maybe Game of Thrones had just started to take off and I tried to watch the first episode and I thought it was rubbish. And then my partner at the time just kept watching and then she insisted, she's like, no, 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 you like... Once the characters, once the character thing starts happening, this writing is really smart. And so I did. And so I think it was around that time. So that's what the song, what, that's what the song's about, effectively. And uh, the recording is part of that set of recordings that we did at, um, in my friend's land room, which is how we started this whole thing. And... I there's there's like there is that live version on the on the record on the the live record but I just love this version I guess cuz it's the the beginning of it all and it it really I love like there's a minimalism like nothing happens it's just my voice and hand claps and guitar and Sam Cromex put in like a, a bunch of like different sound pieces around it and like bits and bits and bits and bobs of squiggles and swirls and stuff like that in the in that interact with everything and i love that creeping minimalism because something is coming for you like the end of the song comes and it it comes to this there's this incredible organ sound that chucky got and i don't i don't, I don't know how he did it it was magic um <clears throat> Because because Chris was Chris was playing the the organ and he played a gorgeous piece, but then obviously Sam turned it into something else. And I and the the vocals at the end, Kat Goth and um, Amela. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like the beginning. It's 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 almost like a statement piece for what was trying what I was trying to achieve in in the beginning of of the Dirt Hand days. Um, but yeah, thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks for, for having me on, uh, in, indulging my fancies. And here is the last song of, of my little, my little trip through Dirtlandia, if you like. Enjoy. <laughs>
staggers and he sways All but the cane feels bathed in silver And he flays and wheels and tumbles Defending our heart But the beast with which he's burdened Just step out of blade Under the burning moon Out in the stars Raging on solitude All to his own The sky Seems to be Falling 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 In on him And the host Calls out his name Howling 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 Here in the burning night Shadows they play Walls of a fortress And hear a charade As he counts his virtues on one hand He's secretly afraid That a trumped-up lion tamer may ruin his game Standing on solid ground Floating on air There's truth that is witness But truth down away In the sky Seems to be Falling 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 In on him And the host They call out his name So loud Howling 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 Falling, falling, falling in the wind, and the. 
Hi, I'm Arun of Dirt Hand. If you're listening to this, you already understand the importance of community radio, what it does not only for our community, but for the listeners and for the musicians. Um, so please support Community Radio 3CR. Get involved. Find out more on the website at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for listening to an episode of And This One's Introduced By. I'm Dr Gonzo and I'll be presenting another artist with another album next time on This One's Introduced By. Catch you next time. Take one.